Hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Please enter the matrix now. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number eight of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. I am your host, Adam Levy, back with you for another very exciting stats-based NLL story to tell you about. How about those Week 18 games, am I right? There's just so many intriguing storylines, and it's it's really impossible to not be excited about these final weeks of the season. And I can only imagine what Week 19 is going to give us. But I got to say, all seven of the previous episodes that we have, uh, if you haven't listened to those, they're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor. They've all been excellent, and I expect this one to be the same. We have some incredibly talented guests, and and we've always had some incredibly talented guests, but this week, uh, we've got some guys who will give insight on undeniably the most dominant player in the NLL right now, and I don't usually give that much away in terms of who our featured guest is going to be until later in the show, but... I may have just dropped too big of a hint, so maybe you already know who we're going to be talking about today. We've got a lot to hear from our three guests and one analyst this week, so let's skip all that song and dance of the intro and hop right into The Matrix, because I know how much we all love it inside The Matrix, learning about numbers and statistics about the National Lacrosse League, am I right? This week, we're going to be having two numbers of the week. Sometimes I know when we're talking about milestones or like last week, trades, One number is sufficient, but when you're talking about a guy who is playing off the charts like we're about to this week, you kind of need more than one number of the week. So this week, the numbers of the week for our featured guest are 141 and 95. Now that you've feasted on two numbers of the week to get your appetites going, let's find more nuggets, shall we? Into the Matrix! claim that a player in the NLL is having the greatest season in NLL history, the 35-year NLL history, it would be a bold move to some, but when you're talking about a guy who's chasing down not one but two NLL single-season records like Dane Smith of the Buffalo Bandits is, it's hard to argue how he isn't having the greatest NLL season ever. In his ninth season in the NLL, Smith is on pace for 141 points, 140.4 to be precise, and 95 assists, again, just to be precise, 94.8 assists. The 141 points would be the first NLL single-season record that Smith would be potentially breaking. It would surpass his own record of 137 points, which he set back in 2016, and those 95 assists in a single season would surpass Mark Matthews' current record of 84 assists set in 2018. Now, what's crazy about that new potential record is that Smith just needs six assists in his last three games to take the record, but at his pace, he'll blow past that record easily. And for Smith, who has been working towards the goal of being the best NLL player he can be since he was three years old, he's very grateful for all the all the help that his coaches, teammates, and, and anyone who's given him help along the way uh, to reach such great heights, not just one time in his career, but now for a second time in what is becoming a storied NLL career. Yeah, so uh, I started playing lacrosse when I was three years old. Um, I, I was born in St. Catharines, and then I played um, a little bit of minor in uh, Hamilton, and then my primary my career in Kitchener, Ontario. 
Um, I was always a box first guy. And then as I got kind of older, I had scholarships to the States. I chose not to take them. And then I entered the pro draft early. Um, that's when I ended up in Buffalo. Um, where I felt like my career kind of took off was um, in 20, 2015. Um, that year, I got selected to play for Team Canada, and I was the youngest guy on the team. And I, I didn't think for a chance I would be on that team. And once I kind of got selected to be a uh, part of that team, Eddie Como uh, gave me that chance. And um, I, my confidence was through the roof. I, I then believed that I was actually a good player and I belonged to be there. And um, ever since that time, I, I've kind of, my career has kind of taken off. Obviously, I had that year in 2016, the year after. And, um, and then ever since, like, again, it's one of those confidence things that once you play at the, the highest level you possibly can, it, it just kind of took off from there. And uh, I can't thank them enough. And, again, I was a young kid, and I never thought it, that I would be playing for uh, a world team like that. And uh, I was lucky enough to even uh, – we, we had some talented players getting healthy scratch that the final game, and I wasn't one of them. And, um, again, that, that's how I feel like the stepping stone to my career where, where I kind of really took off. Smith couldn't have explained the trajectory of his NLL career any better it really did take off after 2015 in those World Games, and it was the very next season in the NLL, that 2016 NLL season with the Buffalo Bandits, that Smith set the NLL record for points, as I have alluded to earlier, with 137 points and goals with 72. It was a season to remember for Smith, who would win the NLL MVP award that season. Now, the Warriors' Mitch Jones, who was a former teammate of Smith's, during that 2016 season, recalled what it was like being around Dane. These two were not only friends and teammates, but were roommates for some time as well. Uh, I mean, I've had plenty numerous encounters with Dane for sure. I mean, living with him and kind of learning that a lot with him at the same time was uh, was a great experience. We got to kind of go to the gym every day, um, just toss ideas off each other. Dane's uh, a guy; he's a good guy to have in the locker room. Kind of sometimes an easy target, can uh, make fun of himself and 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 have some jokes with one. We used to always tell him uh, one good year. I think he might have even started it after his record-setting year. We told him, hey, you had one good year, but it looks like he's, uh, looks like he's finally having a second good year here. <laughs> um, but no, Dane's awesome to play with. He's a guy who kind of makes everyone laugh. He gets along with everyone. Um, I know I had, I had a great time playing with him for sure, and good to see him kind of continuing uh, his elite, elite level of play. Smith did joke that that remarkable 2016 season had people overlooking many of his other achievements that he uh, he was able to accomplish in the years that followed, much like uh, Mitch Jones was alluding to when he was talking about Smith just having one good year. But Smith has had many unbelievable, consistent, and remarkable high-level seasons. If we look at what Smith has accomplished in his nine seasons in the NLL, you see that he's building a resume to be considered one of the best to play the game, but at least definitely one of the best bandits to ever play. Including this season, Smith now has five 60-plus assist seasons. Only Mark Matthews, who has five, also five seasons like that. And Josh Sanderson, who has seven seasons with 60-plus assists, have ever consistently aided their teammates on the floor at that level. And if you look at Smith's career, he's averaging 3.52 assists per game, which is higher than any other player who currently sits in the top 10 in career assists. And I do want to note that Garrett Billings averaged 3.88 assists per game over 125 games. Matthews, who I had just mentioned, is averaging 3.47 assists per game. 
And even Panther City's Patrick Dodds is averaging 3.62 assists per game as a rookie. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. I'm pretty honored that I've gotten to this point. Um, I, I Honestly, in 2016, I, I never thought I would uh, reach the goal of what I did. And I, at that point, I was like, I'm never going to be able to do that again. And, um, a lot of people were like, like, I'd have some good years after that, but nobody really talked about it because it wasn't that year, the 2016 year. And now that I'm kind of doing it again, people are starting to realize that it, it wasn't really just luck. And um, I, I got to credit like my coaching staff and, and the players around me, to be honest. I know it's cliche, but like our offense is the best offense I've been a part of. And all those guys can put the back of the net, the ball in the back of the net. So it's easy for me to just kind of give them the ball and um, let them do their thing. So we can clearly see that assists are a major part of Smith's game. And that's because, as his head coach, John Javarez explained, Smith has a knack for finding his teammates, and by doing so, that in turn opens up more time, more space uh, for Smith to make opportunities on the floor because he isn't the scoring threat on offense. I think Dane, Dane has great vision. He likes to include his teammates. Um, he understands that he's, he needs his teammates to be productive, to help him become productive as well. Um, you know, if, if, if his teammates around him aren't putting the ball in that, then teams can just focus in on Dane. So this year, I think that Dane has the luxury of having many guys around him that can put the ball in that, that it's going to create more opportunities for him to score as well. So he understands that the more he shares the ball, the more opportunities his teammates going to get. But ultimately, in crunch time, he's going to have opportunities as well. Mitch Jones followed up what Coach Tavares was saying by noting that he thinks that Smith is so great on the floor because of his willingness and ability to take on different roles and during different times of the games and in different stages of his career. Smith spent some time, uh, the early part of his NLL career, playing out the back gate, which was helping in transition and in defensive sequences. Smith's three 90-plus loose ball season speaks to his dogged style of play on the floor. Only 15 forwards in NLL history have ever had that many seasons with 90-plus loose balls. And in his 81, his 81 caused turnovers is the third most all-time for CTOs among forwards. Kevin Crowley and Sean Evans are the only other forwards who have more caused turnovers. Yeah, there's, there's been lots of guys coming to the league on both ends of it. Guys who, who've gone straight to offense and kind of taken a while to... To learn the ins and outs, and then there's been guys who go out the back door and have success. I think it says a couple things. I think it just shows your willingness to be a team player. Um, it's, it's not always easy coming from junior or where, college or wherever you were scoring goals and being told, "Hey, you're gonna play some defense for us." And then, like you said, it develops some other skills, develops your loose ball skills, develops some of your physical skills that you might not have thought you needed or, or kind of worked on before. So, I know from a personal standpoint, that's something that really helped me. Is, is having the importance of loose balls, the importance of positioning, um, and even just as an offensive player, learning what defenses are trying to do. Um, there's no better way to learn that than, than to be out there playing defense against the best in the world. Um, so Danes, like I said, it, it, he's one of the best, if not the best examples of that uh, this league's ever seen. Um, I think Buffalo does a pretty good job of giving guys the opportunity to grow like that. I think before before myself was Dane, before Dane was uh, Mark Steinhaus, and, and they've got a bunch of uh, different uh, different examples like that. With everything that Smith has accomplished personally, uh, whether it's this season or in his career, the one major achievement that has escaped him is winning the NLL title. Smith has been with the Bandits his entire career, and they've been very good since he's been with them. 
but they've never won the most coveted trophy, the NLL Cup. Coach Tavares mentioned that with everything that the team has accomplished being 13-2 this season, this team really hasn't won anything yet, and they're still trying to prove who they are as a team and that they can be dominant to win the NLL championship as they get into the postseason. You know, I think, you know, you, you can't just look at your record like, uh, you know, we so far we've clinched the playoff spot. That's all we've done. And, you know, the first the first playoff round is a one-game elimination. So it takes one game to nullify your successful regular season. So, you know, really nothing's been accomplished. So, you know, no, no one is, you know, flying high here. No one is overconfident. No one, you know, is just thinking we've done anything. We're, you know, we've had, uh, what, 15 games? We're 13-2. and two. It's, it's not a big deal. No one's going to remember your record. No one's going to remember who wins the championship. And I think until you win the championship, you know, nothing, you know, no one's going to be satisfied. And while Smith has been greatly appreciative to his teammates and to anyone who has helped him reach the heights that he has in his career, whether it's the NLL or the PLL, the lack of winning an NLL title is really weighing on him. But he believes that this team, this season's team with the Buffalo Bandits, has that potential to avenge their 2019 finals loss to the Calgary Roughnecks and finally win the NLL Cup this season. Yeah, you know what? It's funny you say that. 2019, I felt like, Again, we were, we were a younger team. We had a lot of rookies that uh, we made to the finals. And they're like, oh, this is kind of easy. And we kind of sat back. And uh, Calgary did a great job at kind of handling everything else. And um, I think we've we've grown from that. And we, we understand what it takes to kind of win a championship. And um, I think it's weird that even when we were 13-1, I believe, mm-hmm. um, we, we didn't – it wasn't uh, at any point that – I felt like we were playing cocky or we knew we were going to win a game. We, we just kind of showed up and uh, stuck to the game plan and stuff like that. It was just a different mentality that I've ever been a part of. Like we didn't get complacent and uh, we never have all year. And it's, it's weird to, to say because of our record, obviously you can go into games thinking, Oh, we're going to win this. We're already at this record or whatever, or we can afford to lose a game. But every night we show up and we, we, we want to play. And uh, for myself, especially um, obviously a, I've had um, uh, the record for points and, and goals and stuff like that, and that that's all cool. But at the end of the day, I feel like the, the best athletes in the world, the, the Michael Jordans, all the, those, the Wayne Gretzky's, they've all won championships, and that's my end goal. I, I could care less about the, 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 the awards and stuff like that. I, I've already done it. So at this point in my career, I'm, I'm nine years in the league, and I haven't won a championship. So I'm hungrier more than ever, and I think a lot of guys um, are, are as well. And it appears that we are now at that point of the show where I bring in a super knowledgeable analyst of the week. This week, we have one of the most thoughtful and energetic minds that has ever graced the NLL floors, but also has spent a lot of time excelling in the field game as well. You can hear our analyst as the Cullen commentator of the Albany Firewolves, and you can see him on the sidelines in the summertime coaching the Premier Lacrosse League's Chaos, which, by the way, not only include Dane Smith, but many other Bandits players as well. Please welcome Andy Towers with his extensive analysis on how Dane Smith has become one of the greatest players in all of lacrosse. Yeah, uh, you know, it's easy to speak about all the positives uh, regarding Dane Smith. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's so many positives and honestly, there's, there's not one negative. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, you just talk about Dane the person and you're not going to find, uh, you know, a, a, 
more high quality person. I mean, he is as humble as they come. He takes all the blame. He deflects all the credit to his teammates. Um, he's, <laughs> you know, he's unbelievably polite. Uh, you know, he's soft spoken, um, but he's got a ton of personality. He's as quick and as fast a smile as anybody that, you know, you've ever been around. Um, you know, and I, I, I think that that's the foundation for his success because I think that uh, he's just an unbelievable teammate. That translates to him just being an unbelievable teammate. And he's got, you know, great teammates in the NLL on the Bandits, and he's got great teammates in the PLL on Chaos. Um, you know, when, when you look at a player and you just try to break them down, you know, you really kind of break them up into four different areas. You know, the first would be their athleticism and gain at, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, Sometimes he looks 6'5 to me. Uh, you know, he's unbelievably quick laterally. He's very, very fast. He's powerful. Um, you know, he's, he's tall, but he's not so heavy because he's so, uh, you know, sinewy, I would say. Uh, you know, but from an athletic perspective, he's, he's, an, he's an unbelievable athlete. That's number one. Um, you know, you also look at a player's skill set. So skill set would be stick work, passing, catching, right? Stick handling, carrying the ball. So versus shorties on the indoor game and versus poles on the outdoor game. Uh, you look at their ability to shoot. Uh, and, and that's really with the added dynamic of deception. You know, everybody that, that plays understands, uh, Using together placement and the speed of the release, what a lot of people don't get is the importance of the added dynamic of placement deception, which would be uh, looking to one spot and shooting to an opposite spot. You know, it's kind of different than faking. Faking is with your stick, and he's got great fakes, but you also have deception, which is more with your body language and your eyes. Um, and he does not only a great job of using placement deception, but he also has release deception, which is, you know, he may shoot it quicker than goalies are ready for, but the other side of that is also delaying his release after the goalies explode, thinking the shot is going to come. Uh, and then he waits, and then he beats them to a more open area of the goal. And so, uh, you know, as a scorer, he really – is one of the few guys on the planet that is able to fuse a quick release with placement, with placement deception and release deception. And it really is uh, what translates on why he's such an unbelievable goal scorer, both indoor and outdoor. Um, you know, so from a skill set perspective, and then obviously the last one would be ground ball play. So from a skill set perspective, stick work, stick handling, scoring, and ground ball play, he's got a perfect skill set. And he also has the ability to, you know, throw up behind his back, but he can also play left-handed as a true right-handed player. He also can play the left side. I mean, he's, he's got it all and then some. Uh, you know, the third characteristic that you evaluate players on is their IQ. And IQ is simply knowing what to do based on what the situation is and based on your respective role within that situation. Right. And so on the offensive side of the ball, does he have the ball or is he playing off ball? You know, is it, is it unsettled or is it settled? 
Um, you know, and so, and then on the, on the defensive end, are you playing the ball? Are you playing off ball? Just settled around some situations. And what people don't realize about Dane Smith, because he's such a prolific offensive player and such a big uh, point producer, they don't realize that he's an incredible defensive player as well. You know, we were very confident when Dane got caught on defense and, and caught off throwing quotes because he's one of the best defenders in the PLL. It's just he's also, uh, you know, arguably the best midfielder and, and arguably the best offensive player in the PLL as well. And so the defensive side doesn't get adequately celebrated. Um, but IQ would be the third area. And then the last one would be a player's intangibles. You know, those are the things that these guys decide about themselves, that they want their teammates and their coaches and their opponents to all think about them and see in them and say about them. Uh, and those are the things that you can't see uh, warming up before a game. That's you know, how great of a teammate are you? How hyper-competitive are you? How mentally tough are you? How physically durable are you? Um, you know, uh, all of those things, he checks every box. You know, so his intangibles are off the charts, but so is his IQ, so is his skill set, and so is his athleticism. And the end product is offensive player in the NL this season and maybe over the course of the last, you know, five, six years, whatever it's been. He, he, in my opinion, he deserves the MVP of the, of the NL this season. Um, to, to me, it's a no-brainer. He's, he's, he's the most prolific offensive player on the best NLL team by far, even though I know they lost Saturday night to the Mammoth and they lost to the Rock a few weeks ago. This Bandit team, I, I can't remember a an indoor team being this connected and dominant. Thank you so much, Coach Towers, for that really incredible analysis. It really breaks down each and every aspect of what makes Dane Smith such a great player, but also such a great guy. And I know that I've been on record saying that I also believe that this Bandits team of 2022 in the NLL is the greatest NLL team that has ever been, but that's for another time and for another debate. So now that you've heard what Coach Towers has to say in his all-encompassing thoughts on the great Dane Smith, now's a good time as any to look at the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week, which I asked you earlier this week. And I asked if you listeners thought that Dane Smith was having the greatest NLL season in history. For those of you who did vote, 64% of you said, yes, you do think he is having the greatest NLL season ever, while 36% said no. And uh, statistically speaking, if he continues to dominate in these last three games of the regular season that he and the Bandits have for the rest of this year, It's hard to argue that it isn't the greatest season of all time, but of course, this will always be up for great debate, and I can't wait to have those discussions with you if and when that does happen. So that's going to do it for this jam-packed week. Thank you to all the amazing guests, Dane Smith, John Tavares, Mitch Jones, Andy Towers. Thank you to all the voters this week of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week. And thank you to the NLL's director of statistics, Rob Benson, for making sure that the information that I'm sharing with you is as accurate as it always can be. It's hard to believe that this regular season is almost over, but you won't want to miss any of this week's action in week 19 of the NLL. There are so many playoff clinching scenarios that can go down, so don't make, don't miss a beat. Uh, make sure to check out all those games on TSN, ESPN, ESPN Plus, and TSN Direct. Lastly, never forget to think about what stats make your life great. 
I'm your host, Adam Levy. Enjoy the weekend's games, everyone.